Sleepy Hollow is a place like no other. A place where the forces of good and evil collide for the fate of the world. Prophecies foretold witnesses destined to protect us all. But will they prevail? Armed with keen insight and the ability to see into dark realms, well, maybe, Karen and Jamie help decipher the witness prophecies. Hello out there in podcast land, I'm Jamie. And I'm Karen, and we're about to discuss Sleepy Hollow Season 2, Episode 8, Heartless. Written, oh, written by Albert Kim, directed by David Boyd. Oh, heartless. Yes, although there was lots of heart in this episode, I thought. Lots of pluck. (laughs) It was plucky. (laughs) Plucky. But also lots of literal heart in this episode. Oh, oh, you mean like the heart of uh, the, well, yeah, but the. The, the succubi did not have that heart. But, yeah, but other people did. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so it, it went through many hands, as it were. Did, did I say succubi? I meant succubus because it was one. Not it two. was only one succubus, yes. Yes. Yes, although she took many forms. Yeah, just, just like any slithery woman does. Yeah. Right. And and let me <laughs> let me give her a plug by the way. Um she was played by Caroline Ford. And my opinion of her, she's gorgeous by the way. And I thought she looked like if Evangeline Lilly and Barbara Hershey had a baby. Yeah, I saw that in the notes <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's pretty much that's correct. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> and I have to say, I like the fact that her last name's Ford because she got my engine revving. <laughs> yeah, she's so hot. <laughs> wow. I mean, I saw her and I'm like, that is perfect casting for a second. Right, it totally was. And I loved so. how whenever she appeared on the screen, the the first line that she said was like of the person that the that whoever it was she was trying to seduce was the voice of that person. Oh, I didn't even realize. Yeah, that. when she spoke to Holly and Holly's back was turned, it was Nicole Bahari's voice. Mm. And the oh, same. Oh, that's right. That okay, yeah, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. And the same, she spoke in Katrina's voice before mm-hmm. Ichabod turned, and so on and so forth. It was a nice little tidbit that I didn't wholeheartedly pay attention yep. to. Yeah, and of course, she was wearing whatever clothes they had worn. Yeah. Right. Because she was dressed up as Katrina when she saw Yep, Ichabod. and dressed up as Abby. She was wearing the same overcoat. In fact, the collar was even turned in on the top, like Abby has it, you know, up against her neck, like backwards almost. I, I was just wondering, like, when they do a casting call for this show, do they put out there that must be hot? <laughs> I, it has to be. You know, like, do they say short and pudgy need not apply? It must be, must be hot and slash or incredible actor. Yeah. Because it's, it's either and or both. I mean, it's just, the whole cast is stellar. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that John Noble is hot, but man, he makes up for it in... 
talent. You know what I mean? Oh my God, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. It's amazing. So, yeah, I mean, everybody is just so hot on this show. Hot in one way or another. <laughs> if and you in, know what I mean. Hot as in a hot actor or hot as in a hot person. Screaming hot. Mm-hmm. That's right. Now, and it, what's crazy, too, is Nicole Bahari could, if she really wanted to, be like a hugely famous movie star because she was in that movie Shame a few years ago mm-hmm. with... Uh, Michael Fassbender, and that was like a critically acclaimed Oscar-nominated movie. Mm-hmm. You know, so her acting jobs are off the charts. Yep. So. Fassbender. Fassbender. Man, I'm so jealous of her. <laughs> really? <laughs> Look you at who little, she gets to act with. You got a little Fassbender crush? Hello, X-Men. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. He's got such nerd cred. He's got a lot of nerd cred, and he's got, like, let's just say he, he's got a pretty suggestive last name. Fassbender? And I will not go into any <laughs> other things. But anyway, yeah. let's get off that topic and back yeah. to the episode of Heartless. Yes. Um, Heartless. Yeah, the cast is awesome, and uh, the, the actress they got for the Succubus was fantastic. But what do you give the entire episode, not just the Succubus? I give the entire episode six sexy sucky bye. See, and I wondered why you gave it. We'll, we'll have to get into that. Um, you, should, you should say that five times fast. Six sucky. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Six sexy sucks. <laughs> you can't Six either. sexy sucky bye. Six sexy sucky bye. Six sexy. I can't do it. No. I can't even hey. do it once, so. I'm just going to put the plug out there right now for feedback for next week. I want to see, can any one of our listeners say six sexy sucky by five times really fast? How about and six it, times really fast? Okay, six times really fast. Because it's six. Six yeah. sexy sucky by. Let's six do sexy it. Six sexy sucky by. 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 Nice. Now, if you can do better than me, leave it as our feedback for next week. That's me clapping. Yeah. And uh, now, I, what do you give it? I liked it more than you. And yes, you did. I don't know what your nits are, but we'll get into that. Um, we haven't even discussed this, so just so you guys yeah. know, sometimes we do a little discussion up front, but we didn't do that tonight. No, we didn't. Um, I give it eight crispy hearts. Okay. And I really like this episode. I I thought it really advanced the plot quite a bit. Um, mm. Okay, you didn't. I get I that. I didn't. I get that now from your, mm. uh, but yeah, I thought it kind of did, uh, but I mean, I thought we got to see a little bit inside the characters and, and I will got say a bit there was movement. There was character development this week. I will give you that. We, we saw a little bit more of Katrina. We had a little tension between Katrina and Abby. Yeah. You know. A little foreshadowing for next week even. Yes. So, yeah, but we'll 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 go into that. Um, let's why don't we start with the whole uh the succubus storyline. Okay. So, um Jenry Warman needs souls. Yes, he does. Because he has taken I guess he took the soul of Moloch and and he's put it in this jar. 
Yes, he has. And he's trying to feed it in order to manifest it. And he needs real souls, like human souls. I was a little confused by that because had he not already manifested it and that was what was lying in the the crib i think he needed human souls in order to like coalesce it okay because to me it looked like a slimy garbage pail kid okay yes <laughs> uh, i'm gonna get into that in a okay. little bit because i do know what that is okay do you want me to say it now just tell me okay uh, <laughs> katrina is only seeing it as a baby because right. of the necklace right Right, and that it was, is that a garbage pail kid. Yeah, and that's exactly because that's why Jenry at the end was like, "Hey, is she still wearing the amulet?" Right. So it is a garbage pail kid. <laughs> okay, so it is a slimy garbage pail kid. Right, but it needs it needs human souls so it can gain power and right, and to coalesce into Moloch. Right. Um, but she's seeing it like a baby, so that she can nurture it. Right. So that she and can be mommy. The succubus. Is the soul catcher. Correct. Yeah. Have you watched Lost Girl? I have watched a couple episodes of Lost Girl. Yeah. They do it exactly like that on Lost Girl. They do. And you know what I thought was kind of interesting is how similar uh, Miss Ford's succubus looked to the Lost Girl succubus. Exactly the same. Right. With the sucking of the mouth thing. Yeah. Stop it. I know what you're thinking already. Uh, what am I thinking? I didn't even say anything. Mm-hmm. I already know. <laughs> I know you pretty well already. Hey, my my mind is in the gutter. Yes, I agree. Yeah, but it's I the, wasn't thinking that. I'm talking about the 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 kind of uh, ghostly image in the air thing. That's like the, Yeah, yeah, that that sucking motion. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. know what you're talking the about. Smoke. The red the red smoke. Yeah. The red CGI. Right. It looked almost exactly the same, which is kind of cool. I mean, that's how I would picture it anyway. Yeah, I think that's how I would <laughs> I see was waiting for you. A soul coming out of someone's head. Well, I'm from a succubus, at least. Yeah. Because she would do it by kissing, I guess. Yeah. That, we saw her kiss her first victim that she picked up in the club, the nerdy guy. Mm-hmm. We didn't see what she did with her second victim. We just saw a flash of light. Yeah, but I'm assuming she kissed her. Yeah. She was kissing Holly. Yeah. Well, the second girl, she was in love with Melissa. The guy thought she was in love with him. Right. But really, she was in love with the girlfriend. I I think that was kind of the gist of where they were going with that. Mm-hmm. Was it, oh, you don't understand, and she went running out, you know, right? that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, she was, she did Melissa's voice. Yes, she did. As she walked out. So that was definitely what she was desiring, Melissa. And then, um, who was next, Holly? Holly was Holly the was next, next. Vi- next victim, and that's because he really wanted... Abby, he was hoping Abby would have a drink with him, but all Abby wanted was information. I know. It was a, like a romance novel, too. When I mean, that's like a classic romance novel thing. When the her- hero and the heroine are like in a bar together and they still haven't gotten together yet. 
And the guy tries to drown his sorrows in these meaningless relationships when the girl puts him down. Yeah. You know, she says, no, this isn't a date. And he goes, well, I'm, I got better things to do. And he goes over to the three really hot women and the girl saunters off thinking she doesn't care, but really she does care, you know? Now, this is what I want to know. Where did those two hot girls he started talking to go he, he, okay. in between him and the succubi? If it was a real if it was a real romance novel, he would have thought, Oh, this is not what I want. I gotta I gotta let him go. And he would say to them, Oh girls, you know, I really want to drink alone. I'm not good company tonight and he would have just let him go. So we didn't see that part of the romance of novel. Of course not. Why would we see that? If if I look like Holly and I didn't have anybody keeping holding me down, of I would have been like, "Of course you would," but this is not real. Okay. This is a romance novel <laughs> with the wrong object of affection. Just saying. Okay, but right now. <laughs> okay. He's married. So they can't be together. Not for long. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Um, okay, so they're, she's going through and t- stealing all these souls. And that was gross, by the way, when she goes to Jennery Warman and she throws the soul back into the jar. Yes. <laughs> she pukes it up. <laughs> gross. And then they take the, the, the thrown up soul and kind of douse it on Moloch. Yeah. Like some magic dust. Yes. That whole thing is just disgusting. And the heart mm-hmm. is also gross. Yeah, how that's how he created her. That's how he called her with the heart and the Yeah. The well, it's her heart. Yeah. And yeah. that's why she's a succubus because she doesn't have any desire because she doesn't have a heart, so she has to go out and steal everybody else's desire to feel right. it. Right. Um and this you know, this is twice this week that I have seen a show, a show steal something, and whether it's by design or not, steal something from Once Upon a Time. Oh, what was stolen from Once Upon a Time? They take hearts from people in Once Upon a Time, and they hold them in their hand, and they pulse Uh, in Once Upon a Time. And, And something also was kind of lifted from Once Upon a Time and Castle. But anyway, I'm, you know, whatever. I'll deal with it. Not a big deal. At least Castle is the same network. Hey, there's a lot of, you know, lifting of things from shows too because uh there was um there was a couple things lifted from from Doctor Who for another show that comes on NBC. And I think you know what I'm talking about. I certainly do. I do. We discussed this, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. On another podcast. Yeah, I did too. On yeah. another podcast. Something uh bigger on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something and that also the, itself. The badge flashing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Constantine. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I wasn't fond of those lifting. But anyway, wrong show. Wrong show. Back to Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Um yeah, so that was interesting. Um, you know, putting together Moloch and actually I thought that storyline made sense. Yeah, it made sense. And I liked the fact that it didn't have anything to do with a historical figure being tied 
tenuously to Ichabod. Actually, this is probably the first episode in a long time we haven't had a, a, a historical figure that Ichabod knew about that gave him some information. Yep. Last week, even, was Benjamin Franklin. Um, I mean, ben- Benjamin Franklin was mentioned briefly in this episode. Yeah, but only briefly. Yeah, and, and his his diary didn't give too much information or help right, in, this, right. in this realm. Right, right. And the same as last week, but last week it was a bigger piece. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it was a lot of like, oh, I remember blah, blah, blah with Benjamin Franklin's diary. This week it was just a this thing. Yeah. Um, and Abby remembered something as well. Abby was the one who brought up the succubus, which was cool, I thought. Mm-hmm. Which means uh- that she's, you know really getting into the research end of things. Right, and she's she's looking through a lot of things that Sheriff Corbin has left behind and yep. becoming learned. Exactly. Very cool, I thought. Yeah. And uh it was nice to see um you know Katrina and Ichabod kind of dwelling in the banal this episode and oh, Abby, yeah. <laughs> Abby kind of going for the. We got work to do. Right. For the serious stuff. I really enjoyed that. What was Abby's line? Um, while I'd like to uh, school you on duck dynasties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll talk and about th- that later too. Yeah. <laughs> That was funny. She she kind of was like, we need to talk about real stuff. Right. She was indulgent. Yeah. Um, so I do like how useful Katrina became in this episode because when they realized that the succubus might be going after Holly, mm-hmm. um, actually they didn't realize it until uh, after Katrina showed her usefulness she she did some scrying with some blood on a map and uh no not blood uh candle wax candle wax it looked like blood it did um and uh she did some scrying and found there was a location down by the docks now why succubus was at i get that abby knew the location but crane did too why didn't he say it it's foreshadowing yeah, you know, I know. Abby's the one closer to him. And I know, but he would know, too. He would know, too. He would be like, of course I know that education. Right. It's where that scoundrel Cole lives. Right. But no, he, he, was all, he was all up in... Let's just say he was brown-nosing Katrina this entire episode. Seriously? Right. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, it's, like, it's like, dude, you have her heart. You don't really need to try that hard. Right. Right. I think he was trying to impress her with his, uh, with how uh, forward thinking he had become. Yeah. <laughs> Look at how interesting I am now that I am in the 21st century. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at how forward thinking I have yeah. become. And And... <laughs> We'll talk about that when we get to our anachronism, anachronisms later, because there's something that they were doing that I'm just like, 
they wouldn't be doing that and they'd be freak well at least one of them wouldn't be and would be freaking out probably so <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> so they save holly they make it there just in the nick of time yeah he yeah he helps save himself right yeah he does cuz he has like a little crystal yeah like yeah. on the the cheek of the succubus yep and they they shoot her but it doesn't hurt her nothing really hurts her because her you heart to... is still beating. Right. And you have to destroy her heart to hurt the body. Mm-hmm. So. And and Henry mm-hmm. has placed the heart in a safe place. Right. In a, in a crypt, in a graveyard. And Abby had conveniently been uh, tracking his internet activity to know that he had gotten a permit to have access to the crypt mm-hmm. now if you were Jenry Warman why would you need a permit yeah why would you need a permit one two wouldn't you be using some type of you know internet masking device sure putting right? it in someone else's name right and why would you be using the internet when you know that anybody can can track your uh Right. Your comings and goings on the internet. Right. You know? But I still, I don't know that I'd be using a permit. I, I wouldn't be either. <laughs> I mean, he, he is the horseman of war. He could just go in and, like, make the doors open up and make someone, you know, if anyone shows up, he can be like, I'm supposed to be here. I right. have a permit. You know, and they'll be like, yes, you are. He could he could Jedi mind trick them. But how, it didn't look secure to me. Those two ladies just kind of walked in and did whatever they wanted. Well, they had to find the hex. Yeah, but there was no one stopping them from doing anything there. Yeah, it wasn't much of a hex, was it? No. So, I mean, all Jenry, he- sorry, all Jenry had to do was, you know, go in, put this thing in in the little, you know, in the little notch, and write the hex over the door. I mean, he, what was stopping him from doing that? That was my big net with it. I don't know. Is, you know, and I I get that it was a plot device in order for them to find it, but it seems like the only real hex was that they saw different things in in the pot that the heart was being held in. Yeah, I would assume that was the main dealio. Yeah, playing on their fears. Right. Right. But they find that heart. They do. And that was gross. Sorry, and the worms. They make it crispy. They make it crispy fried. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind the rats, to be honest. Really? No, I don't mind. Yeah, I don't. I don't like. I don't like maggots either. No, the maggots are gross. Rats are ma- fuzzy creatures. Um, yeah. If they're taken care of, they're they're fuzzy animals. And if you buy them from a pet store, that's what I'm saying. Them. Yeah. They're, you know they're nice. But, but uh, you know, maggots never they, good. Yeah, you know I don't like maggots, because maggots end up with an exoskeleton and like eight legs. Six. <laughs> You're gross. I've got goosebumps. Uh, you know what I mean? They end right. up with you know with like antennae and like. Oh please stop it! Stop ah, it! Ah, I hate bugs. But the good news was that they did not exist. No, they didn't. And I can see where Katrina wouldn't like rats, because of the plague. Right? Yes, yes. That was not too far in her past. No. It was probably 
what, 100 years before her time? Maybe maybe mm, 20 years before her time? No, Somewhere. more than 20. So 50? 50 years before mm, her time? More than that, but yeah. 100. 100 maybe. I, I don't remember exactly, but it was... She would have been afraid of the plague like we're afraid of Ebola. She would have been afraid of the plague like we're afraid of mm, polio, kind of. Oh, but we're not afraid of polio. We can be. Okay. Should we be? People are getting <laughs> it again because there are people that don't get inoculated for right, it right now. Mm-hmm. But anyway, th- again, we digress. We do digress. Uh, they do, but they do make the heart crispy fried. That's correct. Um, after an attempt and a failure. Right. Because they forget to destroy the urn with the hex on it. Right. And that's when when Ichabod stabs her, the urn with the hex explodes and hurts Katrina. Mm-hmm. And then Abby has to complete the hex, the, the incantation, in order to immolate the heart. Which is more foreshadowing that maybe Abby has got a little witch in her. Mm. Yeah. And also, why do we need Katrina again? Why do we need Katrina? Let's see. If she can just read all the crap out of the books. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's so Katrina's completely useless. We can get rid of her point? and Ichabod and Abby can end up together. Right. Although she can't just hold candle wax over a map and make it. But she can learn that. Her mom will teach her. Okay. Her mom's ghost will teach her. I see. So, yeah, I like that. I think this is the third week in, in a row that she has helped Katrina to cast some sort of spell. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's it telling. Is. It's very telling. And um, we, we, we need to mention that while they were doing this with the heart, Ichabod and Holly were on the hunt for the succubus because they were going to get a call as soon as the heart was de- dealt with mm-hmm. to attack the succubus and kill her. Yeah, they were in Club Twerk. <laughs> twerk or Twerk? Twerk. 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 Like the <laughs> dance, Twerk. <laughs> oh, Club Twerk. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you notice we know that Holly has unresolved feelings for Abby. We know mm-hmm. that, cut and dry. Right. And there's still a question about about Katrina and Ichabod, but wow, it was really apparent. That Ichabod has these unresolved feelings about Katrina in this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was completely apparent. And then I'm guessing. I mean, I think the succubus made it completely obvious. Oh, yes. And I'm guessing that's part of what made it easier for him to allow Katrina to to leave at the end of the episode. Oh, that's right. Because Katrina decides she's going to go back because she knows that Malik is in the physical world now. Yeah. And she needs to get close to Malik and then deal with him. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering if he didn't just say, hmm, maybe this is becoming too hard. And also, it's also after he has that chat with Abby, and Abby says, you know, we can't really afford to have these distractions. 
Right, which he, he had come to that conclusion a few episodes ago. Right. And then he waffled on that. Yeah, because and now he he's had back Katrina. And <laughs> Katrina basically said, no, not Katrina, Abby said we can't have these distractions because he was basically coming around to realizing that Holly does have good intentions for Abby. And he, he was like, well, you know what? If you were interested in, you know, Mr. Holly, then you know, Abby's like, we don't have time for that kind of stuff. Come on now. We're witnesses. Right. Right. So, but even though I think Abby kind of really does have those feelings for Holly. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure she does. She's attracted to Holly. And, you know, she says to Ichabod when they're in the car, you know, even if that were so, which means to me, yes, I'm attracted to him, but... I can't do anything about it because we can't have these distractions. Exactly. So that's why she's not doing anything about and it. And the idea that we can't have these distractions is where there was this tension between Abby and Katrina all throughout this episode because, mm -hmm. you know, Katrina can't take it that, or not Katrina, Abby can't take it that Katrina still wants to see the good in Jenry and wants to think that they can bring him back around and that, you know, his soul can be saved. And she's like, whatever, screw this. I'm a witness. I've seen what he's capable of. And she doesn't like the fact that Ichabod entertains this. Well, she says point blank that she's, well, okay, she implies it. But Katrina vocalizes the fact that Abby thinks that she's being patronizing. Yes. And condescending about it, which is entirely true. Katrina is very condescending about it. And I think Abby is truly afraid that that is where Ichabod's going to head in that same direction. Right. Where he's going and to it's become hurt him. holier than thou about it. Yeah. Uh, and. It's going I to hurt everyone. I agree with you, yeah. And I have to say, like, you know, um, being married to a black woman, um, this is the first episode where I saw Abby's black woman come out. Did you? Yes. <laughs> you be tripping. <laughs> when, she, when she was like, <laughs> when she was like, kind of throwing her hands up in the air and being like I'm kind of done like she's like I'm obviously I'm, out. I'm, I'm the odd man out here yeah. Oh, yeah. and that look on her face and the way she was carrying her body and I was just like whoa you know what I really <laughs> liked is when she just barged into the cabin at the beginning because that's what she's been doing the whole time and then you know she's already talking to them and they come out of the, the room where they're watching TV and she's like oh Am I interrupting something? <laughs> <laughs> we got yeah. better things to do with our time. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah. It was wonderful. But, you know, she just starts in on her, hey, we got business to take care of. And they were like, oh, hello there. <laughs> Tell us more about television. Uh, uh -huh. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the so, demons, hello. Yeah. Um, so the whole Abby-Katrina thing was one of the plot lines. Uh, 
Um, Ichabod warming up to Holly was another plot line. And I was kind of glad that they didn't spend a whole lot of time on the relationship aspect this time around. Right. It was more about the monster of the week. I thought the Abby-Katrina thing was quite satisfying because they had a resolution between them. And I think it's what caused... I think everything kind of resolved between Katrina and everyone. Um, Katrina made up her mind because of the conversations she had with Abby. And then Ichabod made up his mind because of the conversation he had with Abby. And also the, the interaction he had with Succubus. So, mm-hmm. you know, everything kind of resolved with Katrina for the time being. Um, right. They didn't they didn't draw out this whole like how does Ichabod feel about right. her? How does she feel about it? They didn't right. do that over like five episodes. Right. And it you know, she went off now and now the witnesses can fight together again. Yes. And, and Katrina get can be back with the baby and we don't need to worry about the fact that she's in the real world, and Ichabod's fighting to get her back. Right. Right, because yeah. right, he, he doesn't have to... That's not his goal anymore. Right. Right? So that that's kind of cool. And there's and the whole tension of whether is, if Jenry is good or bad, like, we can forget about that for a while, because maybe he is, maybe he isn't, but they're going to have to continue to fight whatever he, he throws at them. Right. Um, and that's another thing about this season. I think this episode really, and maybe the last episode as well, really solidly set up the theme of this season that Jenry keeps throwing all these mystical things at them to try and help bring Moloch into the world. Um, and so even though it's very Monster of the Week, it's Monster of the Week with a purpose. Right. It is. Even though they don't understand the purpose. Right. They're not getting so, the reason why he's doing it, but it all has a reason. Right. So I, I, I like the fact that we finally have a reason for it being a Monster of the Week. Because remember earlier in these podcasts, we're like, is this just going to be Monster of the Week every week now? Right. And now we know why it's Monster of the Week. We, right. we, we know why there's a different thing that they're dealing with every week. But my only problem is this, at what point do the witnesses just get fatigued? Well, I think they're already fatigued. <laughs> you know. But I, I think they might have a second wind right now. Because I think they might feel like they have another foothold. You know, they, they've they gotten to a point where they got Katrina back, but now she's on their side, but behind enemy lines. At least they feel that way. She might not be on their side anymore, though. But they feel that way. Right. <laughs> and they're back together fighting, and they're st- strong. And it seems like they have a meeting of the minds where nothing's going to distract them. So Abby feels like Katrina's not there to distract him. And she has reinforced with him that Holly's not going to distract her. So again, right. they feel like they're a partnership. So maybe they're getting kind of a second wind right now. Right. And this now will give them the opportunity to, and the writers and and them as characters, 
to deal with other things that haven't been dealt with yet, such as Irving, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now that we have all this mess with Katrina kind of not completely sewed up, but at least resolved for for a time being. Right. Stagnant. Yeah. In a good way, stagnant. <laughs> yeah. Now we can focus on Irving and what what they're, what's going to happen with Irving. Right. You know what I mean? We can we can figure out if he's going to go completely bad. If he's going to get out of the hospital. What's going to happen with him? Right. Exactly. And you know the other fiduciary characters, Jenny. Right. All that stuff. You know they can try and get their feelers into what is going on. Why? You know where is Malik right now? They have right. to try and figure out what is the plan that's going on and how can they use their team more effectively. So, and, and now that I think Holly is solidly a member of the team because, you know, whereas before he was, you know, a mercenary and, uh, you know, whatever that Ichabod was calling him, uh, Ichabod has warmed up to him. He realizes that, you know, he doesn't have anything negative intentions for Abby. Abby realizes how valuable he is, even though she likes him but doesn't want to deal with those feelings. And I think Holly has really come around to the fact that uh, they need his help as much as he needs their help. And I think when Abby gave him the the crispy heart at the end of the episode, um, that was her way of saying, you know, hey, you know, I understand why you're here. Um, so here's this if that's what you need. Right. But but it was really good to have you around. Right. You know? Now, he is going underground, at least for a little bit. Yeah. But I'm sure he'll be back. He'll resurface. Yeah. Like Katrina will resurface, of course. <sighs> I know, but you know he will. And you know she will, so. Yeah. Well, I have some predictions about Chris K- Katrina. Okay, we'll we'll hear about it. Yeah. And uh, let's see, was there anything else this week? No, I think that no. Was it. Yeah, that's it. So, are we going to do our nitpicks now? Sure. <laughs> do you really want to hear my nitpicks? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay, so my thing is, we went through all of this. To get Katrina out. Right? Right. And we've we've had her out before and she went back. Right. We had her out now again and she went back. Right. So I'm kind of like, what's going on here? But you talking it out with you, I kind of realize why that's happened. Right. But, uh, pardon my French, stop dicking us around. <laughs> okay? Yeah, I... I think this time around, it was so Ichabod could have that resolution. <sighs> yeah. But I okay. get what you're saying, that it kind of does seem like a tug of war with her. It's it's bad storytelling, if you yeah. ask me. Yeah. This should have <laughs> happened once. Right. They should. It shouldn't have been, hey, I've, I'm coming out to save you from the lady in the water, and then I'm going to go back with him. It should have been, I'm coming out to save you from the lady in the water, and I'm going to go with you, and then I'm going to go back with him right. this time. I mean, there shouldn't have been that, I'm going to go back with Frederick. Or, I'm sorry, not Frederick. To Frederick Man or whatever. Yeah. Right. Abraham. Yeah. She should have came home with them, and they should have had it out and had their big deal, you know, 
yoga should have been after she went back to to Abraham after her and Ichabod spent some time together. Right. You know. Right. They should have had like a screaming match. You know that how how awesome would that have been to have seen <laughs> a them, fight, like, a big fight, a big fight about all the lies she had told him, and her yeah. like do some witch thing and throw a book across the room at him or something. You know. Yeah. Flying books. That would have been awesome. You know. I I would have yelled at her. I would have been more than frustrated. You know, the fact that 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 one yoga scene, like you said, that was as angry as he got. It's a little disturbing. Right. He really does hold things close to the vest. I I get your net. You know what I mean? Yeah. My net yeah. was the whole Yeah, how come he didn't just put the heart in the crypt? <laughs> That's, yeah. that's really my knit. I don't see a way around that. <laughs> I just, I don't know. My, my knit was just, you know, you, you did this to us before. Why do it to us Right, again? right. It is a little jerky. And I don't mean jerky as in the, the dried meat. It's herky jerky. Yeah, like they jerked us around a bit on that. Mm-hmm. I, I think they could have gotten away with it just... Getting her away from Abraham once and putting her back once. But they did it twice. And he could have had like some sort of demon protecting the, the crypt. Sure. You know? Right. Or it, he could have had a simple his... enough writing thing that they could have done. He, he could have had his suit of armor out there. He could have been the horseman of war protecting the crypt. Right. Or just some sort of like a a ghostly visage protecting it. Anything. Yeah, yeah, something. Like, well, you know, it was covered in mystic okay, mist. Okay, look, at, here's this. Look, here's an idea coalescing in my mind right now. The urn had fake stuff in it. Right. It would have made it even better if whatever was guarding the crypt was fake as well so that they would have gotten inside and looked in the in the urn and said, well, this must be fake as well. Yeah, yeah, right? totally. Yeah, like like a hall of illusions kind of a thing. Right. Very Harry Potter-esque. See, they would have looked and it would have been something outside of the crypt different to each of them that would have scared them. And they would have said, well, this must not be real. And they would have gone in. And then in the urn, they would have seen two different things and said, ah, I see. It's the same deal as outside. And it, they would have just been able to, you know. Right. I don't know. Not that I'm writing it for them or anything, but wink, wink, <laughs> dudes. I think they should just hire us to come on as consultants. <laughs> to, just to do the nits. I don't want to write yeah. the whole thing, you know. Just, hey, no, look, there's a plot hole here. I, I want to I be hired on just so I can cut out a couple episodes. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you wanted to get more episodes out of this season, make it 15. 15 is not that many. No, you want to write some on the back end of him just, you know, getting it on with Abby. I mean, sure, that mm -hmm. too, but. <laughs> I know you do. Know uh, you well, do. since you mentioned him getting it on with Abby, do you want to hear my predictions for Katrina? Sure. I mean, I've been saying it all along. Katrina's going to be turned evil, but. They've been making a theme all throughout this season about 
the power of a mother's love. Yeah. A mother and her heart and her child, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh and that's why she believes Jenry is good and will, you know, come back around, right? Uh-huh. But who's to say the power of the mother's love won't drive her completely evil? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know. And that's why she was wearing the amulet at the end and that's why she saw it as a human baby. Right. Uh, and so, and that look on her face, like that, oh, you know, well, like, she sees it as a baby and a baby that was inside of her. Right. And she never got a chance to nurture her child. Yeah, Jenry, right. She mm-hmm. never got a chance to nurture him. Right. Now, they're also setting something up that I think is going to be interesting when it comes to Jenry and Malik, because now Malik is the baby. Right. Mm-hmm. And Malik is the one that gets a chance to be nurtured by Katrina. Right. In a way that Jenry never was and has always been looking for that that approval and that motherly and fatherly love. And he yeah. found it in Malik. Jenry's so now Malik, be happy. you know, he's, he's going to be completely jealous of Malik. Right. Angry. Yeah. And Not that just jealous, what, but just pissed. Right. Yeah. And that might be what leads him back to the good side and makes him want to kill Malik. Right. Well, I don't know if it's the good side, but yeah. Or at least, you know. Not the bad side. I, c- I could see John Noble going to Abby and, and, uh, and Ichabod saying, my plan has gotten out of hand. <laughs> we need to do something about Malik because my mother loves him more than she ever <laughs> loved me. I want that to be your very- son again. <laughs> that was my very bad John Noble, Noble. John Noble impression. <laughs> impression that, yeah. I choose you now, father. I see. No. <laughs> is is it like a Jenry warm invader impression? <laughs> Darth Jenry. Yeah, Darth Jenry Warman. Yeah. I don't know if I can see him actually going to Ichabod. But you'd have to swallow his pride. Yeah, I can't see him doing that so much. But I can definitely see him trying to kill Moloch. Yeah. Because he just, I don't <gasps> think he wants it. Big, 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 big prediction. Okay. Maybe even spilling into next season prediction. Mm-hmm. Moloch gets nurtured by Katrina, right? Mm-hmm. Katrina loves Malik, mother's love, all that. Mm-hmm. Jenry's jealous. Jenry tries to kill Malik. Malik decides, you can't be my horseman of war. I'm killing you. Right? Mm-hmm. Who better to take his place than a, a, a woman with a fiery red hair mm. to become the horsewoman of war? Plus, she would have some sort of vengeance because... He killed their son. Right? Who killed their son? If Moloch kills Jenry. Right. She would have, you know. Oh, right. She'd be like, oh, my God, you killed my son, but I nurtured you as my son, but I'm con- conflicted. I, And then right. that fear and anger and hate and confusion. That would feed into her hatred and, yeah. And 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 then Molly would be like, feed your hatred by becoming the horsewoman of right. war. Right. Feed into your hatred. Yeah. Feel the power of the dark force. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> and now it's the emperor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So many things they could do. Yeah, they could. I hope they're listening. See, now, now we're getting into thinking about the things they can do, which means that we're having fun talking about predictions. We are. That's a good fun. sign. That's a good sign. Uh, because it means we want to come back and see if those things happen. Yep. And honestly, I would love for her to become like the Amazonian horsewoman of war. That because would be awesome. That would give Ichabod the closure he definitely needs. Sure. Right? And then how twisted would it be that his wife killed his son that she kept secret from him, right? And is now aligned with the evil demon that he's been fighting against. Yeah. How conflicted in his heart would he be that 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 distrust and betrayal and hurt and anger and sadness that he'd have to find comfort in Abby's arms. And imagine if something did happen between Ichabod and Abby, how much that would feed into her hatred. Oh, God, yeah. I knew you wanted now, my husband all along. Imagine how awesome that would look if she was the horseman of war and her hair just streaming out in back of her. Oh, my God, yeah. And she's not wearing that big dress anymore. She's wearing, like, skinny jeans now. Yeah. You know what? I just had an image of my, in my mind. Remember in the... Have you seen the Lord of the Rings movies? No. No? I, I'm not a Tolkien fan. Oh, you're not a Tolkien fan? No. Um, there's Here's my impression of Tolkien. Blah, 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 blah. How dare you? Sorry. How dare you? Kate Blanchett plays Galadriel. Right. One of the elves. I do know that. And there's a scene... I'm not sure which movie it's in, but there's a scene where she gets kind of all crazy, weird, and lit up, and her hair is flying behind her, and she's like talking about how she would want the ring, but what would happen to her if she had the ring, and you know how, and then she sends Frodo off on his own. Um, I'm just imagining Katrina looking like that too, just mm. like all like fierce, ah, yeah, fierce and like lit up, and hair yeah. f- like flying out to the side, yeah. you know. Yeah. Give it to us. Come on, writers. Make her the horseman. That would be awesome. Let's hope they're thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're listening in the writer's room. Maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe we're the ones that listening to in the writer's room. You never know. Just saying. I'll keep my fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, let's talk about feedback, shall we? Yes, we should, because we've been talking about predictions for a while. <laughs> um, we do have one text feedback, and it's about last week's episode of okay. our podcast and it's from a new listener Yay, um, new listeners. well she's not a new listener but she's a new feedbacker let's put it that way long time um, listener first time feedbacker that's right um she is at just in atlanta and she says hi karen and jamie i had a comment on ichabod's cpr attempts from the previous episode my take on this scene is that ichabod was attempting cpr based on what he saw holly do not necessarily that he knew what he was doing. It seemed like an act of desperation. Based on Abby's facial expressions, I think she thought, she thought Katrina was dead. I think she even started to say something to Ichabod when Katrina takes a breath and they realize she's alive. Basically, I think Ichabod got lucky 
because what he did was not real CPR, and he did it out of love and desperation because he couldn't bear the thought that he failed in his mission and essentially killed his wife. Love the podcast. I'm always listening, but I can rarely send in timely feedback. I think I'm a little too plugged into all the awesome GSM content this year. And she says, <laughs> winky at the end. <laughs> so, hi, Jess. Thanks for sending in your feedback. Thank you. And obviously, she's listening to other Golden Spiral Media podcasts. Which is so awesome that's good. because I yeah. do too. <laughs> I listen to a lot of our podcasts because I watch yeah. a lot of TV. Me too. Um, and then we have two audio feedbacks, which I want to play. And the reason I did the feedback before the anachronisms is so that we can play the anachronisms after the feedback because okay. they mention the clips that you and I have talked about already. Yes, I love them. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, I'm going to play Barb's first because Barb sent in one. How does that sound? Sounds great. Okay, let's listen to what Barb has to say. Hi, Karen and Jamie. This is Barb calling in with feedback for this week's Sleepy Hollow. I'll give this one seven bowls of maggots and rats. Here are a few random people watching observations this week. Inkabod giving Holly permission to court the lieutenant. What is this? The 1700s or something? A woman needs her male guardians A-OK? -okay? I was somewhere between rolling my eyes and laughing over that one. Shades of Harry Potter again this week. The succubus? That sure looked like a Dementor's kiss to me. Except this time, the soul sucked out of you went straight to Voldemort. Ah, uh, I mean Moloch. His own personalized baby formula. I wonder how long it will take him to grow now since he isn't getting souls anymore. I mean, he grew nine months in one day last week and only appeared to age two or three months in one or two days this week. It turned back into Rosemary's baby. I'm surprised that Crane wasn't more upset by his wife leaving and not discussing the plan with him. Doesn't that speak to the trust issues that began this episode? Jamie must be silently cheering into his mic right now. <laughs> if Katrina is such a powerful witch, why can't she see right through the blue necklace? She knows that it enables her to see the headless horseman with a head. Did Jenry Warman become more powerful than Mom because of Moloch? Did he enchant Katrina in some way and remove some of her powers? And if he did, why hasn't she figured out that she isn't as powerful as she used to be? E-gads, just make her evil already. Okay, that's it for this week. This is Barb signing out and not planning on buying any blue pendants this holiday season. Can't say the blame you. Mm -hmm. So that's Barb, and I love how they know you so well. Yeah, they do, don't they? <laughs> they do. <laughs> um, and we also got feedback from Justina. So let me play that. And this is Justina. Um, her The beginning of her clip was cut off, but I think you know it's Justina. I give this episode 7 out of 10 skewed perceptions. My anachronism of the week I really liked the part of the show where Katrina and Ichabod are watching reality TV. But my favorite line came from Katrina Crane this week, which was, Miss Mills, is there other television of reality besides this one program? She makes reality TV sound so nice and cultured. I love it. I'm really worried now that she is back in Frederick's Manor that the necklace around her neck will skew her perception so much that 
Abraham and Jenry Warman will be able to manipulate her and possibly cause her to go over to the side of evil, which I know that is something Jamie has been talking about for a few weeks now. They all all I know for sure is I would not want to babysit at Frederick's Manor. Have a great week. Man, they know me so well. <laughs> they do, don't they? I love it. And the reason I played it that way is because Justina and you are on the same wavelength again with your favorite clip, weren't you? Yes, we were. And just because it doesn't come from Ichapod doesn't mean it's not an anachronism. Nope, that's because right. Because it came from Katrina Crane. That's right. So shall I play the reality TV clip? Yes. Okay, let's play it. It was mad time? No, not at all. In fact, your arrival is a blessed relief from this mawkish display. Oh, don't listen to him. Tell me, Miss Mills, is there more television or reality than this one program? Uh, as much as I would love to introduce you to the joys of housewives and uh, duck dynasties, we got work to do. <laughs> I liked it. I, I especially love even the beginning of that because they're like talking about love. Yeah. And, Where and they're sitting they're, together and yeah. You think they're having this like deep conversation and then boom, they're watching The Bachelor. Right. <laughs> he obviously is giving her the rose because yeah, it was very funny. How can you diminish the sanctity of love down to a choice between some floozies? Right. I enjoyed that scene very much. I thought they were maybe practicing some sort of a play together Yeah. at first. And then to see The Bachelor, I was like, oh. And it's Marco. Ugh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also liked Holly's intentions. That's yeah. Barb mentioned that as well. Um, and yeah, it is the 17th century. <laughs> so I mean, it's not, but. What was your anachronism of the well, week? Well, I had two, but they kind of went together, and they were both super short, so I okay. pasted them together. Um, so here they are. This musical attacking the walls of Jericho. Are the incessantly flashing lights why no one seems able to find their dance partner? <laughs> <laughs> they were both of Crane in the club, not understanding the music or... Why the people didn't know. He had another great one, too, when they showed up to the nightclub and he goes, I know about private dancing clubs. Yes. And me and Katrina, we might have been regulars at one. And he talks about all like, we did a Vienna waltz. Right. <laughs> like, like, wow, how scandalous. Exactly. You yeah. Know. There were a lot of other ones, too. Um, Holly was talking about, at the end, he was talking about how Crane was looking for balms and salves. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and he comes out and he says something about he looked in the mirrored cabinet. <laughs> yeah, and then there's one point where Katrina is feeling um, like a headache because she's been seeing the the, the premonitions of Moloch at, at the manor, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh, this this century has so many toxins and and elixirs that you can take, some of which are chewable." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like that too. And then she asked for some sort of tea. Yeah. Gold thorn tea or something. And, you know, I love how Abby knows 
Ichabod so well. I'll I'll get some tea while I'm out. And then she mentions that she's going to get Szechuan chicken for Ichabod. It's your favorite, right? And he's like, no, I don't want that. I'll, I'll take Katrina and be away. And ugh. <laughs> I was just like, please, Abby's trying to be nice. Let her be nice. I, yeah, I didn't like that very much. Yeah. I mean, I think Katrina came off a little bit as a, and I'm going to part my French, a little bit of a bitch this episode. A lot. Okay. A lot like a bitch this episode. Yeah, a lot. And I think that's because they're setting us up to not like her. Yeah. Because she's going to be evil. I think that, yeah. And honestly, she makes, I honestly, uh, no, no offense to John Noble, because I think John Noble's a great actor, but I think she would make a way better villain. Do you think? Not when it comes to her acting ability, because John Noble's a great actor. Um, but uh, just because she is a woman, and I, I really like female villains. I think she could be totally fierce. Mm. So, but, would you like to keep him on? Yeah, keep him on, but I don't know. Send him As to the good maybe side. a help to yeah. them. Part of the team, maybe. Or, yeah. or maybe just a third party. Yeah. Someone who gets in the way of everyone. Mm, maybe yeah that'd be interesting someone who like foils the plan of the bad guys because he's he's jealous that could be but he also gets in the way of the good guys because he's also yeah. mad at daddy yeah that would be interesting i like it <laughs> so if you want to hear yourself on our podcast and you want to hear your anachronism on the podcast Send us some feedback. The deadline is Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern. You can do that by calling 304-837-2278. Or you can go out to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback where you can send us a text message, which is an email, uh, an audio file if you have one that you maybe you have your favorite anachronism and you want to send that to us uh, through audio file. Or you can use your computer's microphone to send us a message through SpeakPipe. and It'll record you talking to your computer. If you want to talk to us on Twitter, you can follow uh, Witness Prophecies on Twitter at WitnessProfGSM. Or you can follow myself at Parish the Thought. That's Parish the D-A Thought. And I am at Aleveria, A-L-E-V-E-R-I-A. And... You can always go out, and we encourage you to do this, to go out and become a fan of Golden Spiral Media on Facebook. And we also have a uh, Witness Prophecies page that you can go out and become a fan of as well. And you can you know, interact with us on all those different ways. That's right. Subscribe on iTunes, yada, 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 all that other stuff. Send us your love. That's right. Because we I send you our love. Yes. And Although, you know, we can't have complications. No. <laughs> No, 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 no triangles or squares or no. or quadrangles. <laughs> no, so that's it for this part of the podcast, and I do have a spoiler for next week. Okay, so Yay. if you don't want to hear the spoiler, then you gotta leave now. So we'll see you next week if you don't want to hear the spoiler. Bye bye. I thought the horror strings would be nice for this week. Yes. So next week, 
is episode nine, and it's entitled Mama, which is apt, I thought. Yes. And not only is it about Katrina a little bit and baby Moloch, it is also about another mama. And here is the description. When a rash of suicides at Terrytown Psychiatric Hospital results in staffers calling the police for help, Sheriff Reyes, knowing Abby's familial connection to both the circumstances and the institution, her mother killed herself while she was a patient there, assigns Mills to the case. With Crane suffering from and debilitated by a seasonal cold, hello, <laughs> hilarity ensues, um, Abby enlists the help of her sister, Jenny, also a former Terrytown patient, and Nick Hawley in her investigation. So guess what? He's going to be in next week's episode. The Mill sisters' first stop is to visit former police captain Frank Irving, who, despite being an unwilling minion of the Horsemen of War, maintains that his soul is, for the moment at least, still his own, and offers to aid in whatever way he can, an offer that may come back to haunt him. As they investigate the recent deaths, Abby and Jenny also try to learn whatever they can about their mother's time at Terrytown, leading up to her suicide, knowing now what they never believed in the past, that the demons she feared were in fact real. As they delve deeper into their case, Abby and Jenny make a startling discovery, leading them to believe that Moloch's handiwork is again at play, and forcing them to once more face their past as they find themselves in an all-too-familiar battle for their survival. But this time, they may have an unexpected but determined ally. Hmm. And then meanwhile, dun-dun-dun, in Frederick's Manor, Henry t continues his plans to strengthen the infant demon creature, which will in time grow to become Moloch, and he uses the unaware Katrina who, due to the effect of the spell-casting amulet she wears, sees the creature as nothing more than a normal human baby to aid in his rearing. Oh, Mama. <laughs> yeah. Mama. So, mama. I, I just made a demon. Life has just begun. <laughs> and now I've gone and thrown it all away. Whoa, you got pipes there. Oh, that wasn't that good, actually. Mama. Mama. Ooh. I put the demon <laughs> in a jar. I brought him to corporal form. Corporeal form. Corporeal form. <laughs> I'm sitting and I just had coffee, so my pipes aren't that good tonight. But okay, but I love that song; it's one of my favorites. Anyway, yes, Mama, that is um, next Monday on Fox, At nine p.m. nine p.m. Eastern, November seventeenth, and it sounds great. I cannot wait to see it. I better be able to give this at least a seven. Oh God, it sounds like it. I better. Doesn't it sound I, like it? I want to know who this unexpected but determined ally is. Oh, come on. It's their mother. Oh, yes. I'm not even thinking. Yeah. We know she's going to be in it. And again, we're talking spoilers here, so. Yeah. We're okay to say that, right? 
Yeah, we are. Yeah. We told them spoilers are on their way. Right. So if they're listening now, that's their, that's on them. Yeah, their mother shows up um, in ghostly form. Yes. We've seen it in the pictures for next week's episode. So I'm guessing that is who they have as an ally because yes. she's not mentioned anywhere else in this description of the episode. So anyway, sounds really great. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, and uh, I know I, I did the kind of misdirect when we were talking about the episode, but Nick is also back next week. Yeah, so you did. I know, I totally did. But he does mention at the end of the episode that he's going underground. So they're going right. to have to go and get him right. next episode. So I, w I was really kind of keeping it spoiler-free Yeah. Okay. In, in the discussion. So, Although I'm guessing that everyone stays for the spoiler. I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's it. That is everything. Yep. Spoilers included. Yes. I'm I'm thrilled to be doing this still. Me too. Me too. I just they gotta pick it up with the storyline, man. Next season, fifteen episodes. Well, I'm happy with this episode. I know you didn't like it, but I know you gave it a six. Did it raise mm. at all? Talking about it? Six point eight. Okay. That's good. It's almost a seven. That's good. Almost a seven. But I hold fast to that six. No, no, I agree. I don't think you should change your rating. Even though we've talked about it, I think it should be a six. It should be based on whatever you thought when you watched it. Mm -hmm. So you still give it a six. I think you should give it a six. Mm -hmm. That works for me. I, I still give it an eight. Even though okay. you did make me kind of rethink a couple things. Okay. So I think we would meet kind of. Uh, Somewhere in There'd the be a smaller gap. Yeah. I think. So anyway, okay. we'll talk to you guys next week. And yes, that's it for this week's Witness Prophecies. Have a good Later, one. Later, guys. Bye.